Middle call. Hey, What's up? Welcome to another edition of Haber Middle Middle Call. I'm Guy. That's John. John, should we start today by uh, acknowledging history? History was made this week. The Sacramento Kings got 10 games over 500 for the first time since 2004-2005. As of this uh, Wednesday afternoon, they are 11 games over 500. An incredible feat. The haters said it couldn't be done. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Warriors Kings first round matchup. That'd be pretty sweet. Wow, that'd be that'd be huge for Vivek. Here's how long ago 0405 was. Peja Stojakovic was still in the first half of his NBA career. And I just saw today on my phone that his son was named a McDonald's All American. Wow. And Andre or Andre. We've got like a J at the end. I think it's Andre. Andre. What position does he play? You know, I assume wing. I got to do some Acromat- film study. I wonder if he, is, he, is he balling at like Folsom High School? Uh, Jesuit. Jesuit High School. I Pages think. kid goes to Jesuit? Yeah. Wouldn't, that's, uh, what I, that's the picture. I just did like a quick search. That's what I saw. But I didn't do – I want to go deeper. He's committed. He's going to Stan- – he signed at Stanford. That's pretty cool. For Floorburn? Yeah. <laughs> How's Stanford basketball doing? You know, depends on – not great. Uh not eleven, get, not not ten games over five hundred at the moment. Well, so. you get Peja Peja two point oh. Can I just read you this? It just yeah. popped up. I, I went to Roto World. Just you know, this is I don't know the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and you know, right there with Eagles and Niners, one of the best teams in the conference. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy said, "I just want to run the damn ball." When describing the difference between between himself and former OC Kellen Moore. And this wrote a world, so they always add their own opinions. If you thought that quote was bad, it only gets worse upon further inspection. McCarthy added, I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league. Oh, that's good he also stuff. noted that Moore wanted to light up the scoreboard, and that was seemingly, uh, seemingly said as a knock on his philosophy. McCarthy described the run game as a means of resting the defense. If I remember correctly, Mike always got a, the knock on him in Green Bay was that he wouldn't run the ball and the Packers were too pass heavy. So, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times at the combine and just in general, when you just get coaches ranting and raving, and especially when they kind of come unhinged, they say things that are just not true, but just sound. You just you think you sound really sweet. And it's like, it's just a lie. It's not even it's not even true. Um, so this year, the Cowboys were sixth in rushing attempts last year. They were 12th. Now maybe Mike would be, cause I made him run the ball. Mike's tenure in green Bay, John rushing attempts, um, 21st, 28th, 14th, 15th, 20th, 26th, 16th, 12th, 14th, 12th, 29th, 27th. His last year, they were 32nd in rushing attempts in the NFL making, I- Making your young offensive coordinator your fall guy is pretty weak. I think it's a little risky, too, given that I'm pretty sure the Jones family really thought highly of this guy. (laughs) And they made, you know, because he's your head coach, you're just going to go all in with him. But you're really kicking him while he's down. And I don't, I mean, I don't know Kellen Moore personally, but it does not seem like 
Mr. Ruffle Feathers mix it up guy. I don't know. Maybe maybe he might be big ego guy now. I don't know. You know, I'd be surprised that his brother uh, just left Fresno State. Where did he go? Missouri. Missouri. And I'd met him and thought he was a low-key guy, you know, what you would ex- exactly what you'd expect him to be, like not trying to talk himself up or anything like that. Ker- Kirby. Kirby Smart, yeah, Fresno State's offensive coordinator. Um, Kirby you know, Moore. What did I say? Kirby Smart? Kirby Smart. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a sweet OC, even though he's a defensive <laughs> guy. has a good, good land for – got to do what you got to do to land Kirby Smart. Like Kirby Smart wants to reinvent himself as an OC, and no one will hire him except Tedford. <laughs> Um. Yeah, thank you for listening for me. But uh, you know the the guys. I don't know about you. The guys who uh, I've talked to, who paid, I've heard like good things about McCarthy. People who listen to this show know that uh, I don't think he can win at a high level, and I think it's repeatedly proven that the flaws with his team aren't just play choice. They are like the decisions that the head coach makes. Like, yes, special teams coach, we can run the stupidest fucking play anyone of. Any of us have ever seen will run that play two years ago against the Niners. Uh, okay, yes, we'll be unprepared for late game situations. But I think Mike's got a, you know, for, for all the positive stuff on his track record, his football teams don't suck. I, I think we can agree on that. There's also, I think, a little bit of a track record of him just kind of saying stuff that, that is ill advised. I don't know exactly what category to put it in. Him basically admitting at his introductory press conference when he took the Cowboys job that he lied when he told Jerry Jones he'd watched every snap of the NFL season um, was not a good look for him. And you're an offensive head coach. Like at the end of the day, you get you can take play calling like the, the Eagles took play calling from their head coach two years ago during the season. So you're the head coach like you can take play calling from the offensive coordinator if it's really that bad. So uh, what feels think about this blame other people. I, I don't he, love the blame other people vibes that he, he he's that he younger had. than like Pete, Andy and like Bill, but I think they're good examples of all three guys, you know, have very healthy egos and belief in themselves. Yeah. But you know, Bill says nothing. Andy's kind of a master at not saying much. And even Pete, you know, I've watched some of his press. I know you have to doesn't give much at all. Say- no, he doesn't. I, and, and I think part of it is like Sean Payton's unique. Like he will, but he does it, I would say, a little smoother. You know, part of like what is to be gained, I think Andy or Pete would take. Like, why would I say, like, what's the point? Like, I have team, I'm constantly balancing. Like, what's the point of Mike? Some It feels sometimes when Mike does, says it, it's like, what was, what's the end game here? Besides like being cool. Yeah. I think sometimes he kind of just gets. Like I'm just gonna go this press conference, Dave Portnoy, and just fucking let it rip. But it's like, do you, is this smart, Mike? Like, there's what's the what's the what's the result? Positive what's the purpose, on right? I think a lot of head coaches would say everything I say has a purpose. And if you watch Pete Carroll, who I've watched a lot of, it, you can like Pete is way more serious than I think kind of the perception of him is when you watch his press conference. Everything he says seems to have a purpose. He only builds people up publicly when he talks about his guys, like remember it was like, if you listen to him talk about Drew Locke and Geno Smith, you'd have thought he had two Hall of Famers. Didn't know how he was going to get them both on the field. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like everything Mike McCarthy says has a purpose, you know, which is fine. Some guys, you know, are 
show you a little more themselves. I, I think we all enjoy that and want that. Like I, I wouldn't enjoy watching Pete Carroll's press conferences every week. They're, they're not entertaining, nor are they really all that insightful. I mean, they're insightful in ways, but they don't, you can't read things in that he doesn't want you to read in. Like Kyle Shanahan will say some stuff where you can kind of read into a little of what he's saying. It's almost like McCarthy wants to be. I don't. Know. I, th- I think there's going to be tangible pressure on Mike McCarthy if he plays the Eagles or the, or the 49ers in a playoff game this upcoming fall, or I guess it would be in 2024 January to like win one of those games. He doesn't need to if if the path is like. You think he's on the hot seat? Well, I just think like if you lose, what if can you lose to Kyle Shanahan three years in a row? Like what's McFay, McFay's made a career out of it. Yeah, but he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and he beat him when it mattered in the playoffs. You know, um, you can lose to you can lose to Shanahan three years in a row if your owner accepts that we're not a championship team. We're just, but we're a playoff team, and that's good enough for this organization. But you, if you want to be a championship team, you you can't. Well, I mean, they like they need a new coach if they really want to win a Super Bowl. I I don't I don't think Mike McCarthy can do it. Well, if I'm Jerry or Steven, I go. God, I know we he's done close. it. We we were pretty damn close. We, we were right there with the 49ers and would have had a good chance to beat the Eagles, right? That's how I'd be looking at it. Yeah, I I think that'd be. I think you would. I think you would allow being in that game to make you think you were close, but you're not. I don't think they're actually close. Like, I I don't I don't think they're close. I don't think they can get any closer. Put it that way. I don't think the they Cowboys will. The problem is, I was thinking about this the other day. The Niners and Eagles are always good because, for the most part, they pivot off bad contracts and they never get overly emotional on a player who probably doesn't need to be overpaid. Jerry makes a kink, like a living off doing that. And then he's never in the position like, you know, the Cowboys got $30 million in cap space where he's like, they would definitely land a free agent, right? Sweet free agent would want to go there. No state income tax. It's the fucking Cowboys. You're playing the sweet games. But they're just never in on these guys. How could they be? They're, they've always had like seven of their own guys. Half of them, they're like, yeah, we, we'd like a redo on that deal. Yeah, get rid of Amari. Play out the string with Zeke. Yeah, they just, they, they're always two <laughs> bad contracts away from just like, God, they would have landed this guy and this guy and shit, they'd be a problem. Even Dak, it's it's a little unclear. They're the team that never has the opportunity in free agency that would make hay in free agency. And that should on paper they should. Rich owner yeah. wants to win. Old, so like really wants to win. Sweet franchise, like you know. Rich, you famous immediately in playing there. Yes, yeah. you play nothing but huge games. It makes no sense. If I just told you they had like a max slot every year during free agency, they would be in the mix for whoever the sweet player was every single year and land a lot of them, right? But they just never have that. They should never. be the total package. You can make the most money, and you can be the f- most famous, and you can be the biggest star here. And now the last couple of years, like, their team's good, right? You just – I'm going to go to the playoffs with the Cowboys. Yeah, and the, 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 the division, you just play – like, your divisional games are all premium games. Yeah. Like, the, somehow the Niners and Eagles always just, like, land Ward, land, you know, this guy. It's like they always have a free agent or two in the bag. The Cowboys rarely – Thanks to the uh, NFLPA, John, they, they got a lot of responsibilities. They're they're advising Lamar Jackson on his contract, and uh, they got into the content business. When I saw on Wednesday morning, I saw some tweets about the NFLPA players survey. I thought, oh, well, this must be like an internal document. <laughs> and I, this must maybe it's been going on. I'm surely it's been going on for years. You can just go to their website 
and uh, find out whatever you want. By the way, the, the Cowboys get a lot of a lot of good grades in the in the survey. They only get a C for uh, for travel. Niners get a C. So the players vote in this NFL the the NFLPA, and they vote. Uh, if you didn't see the report card on the weight room, the strength staff, the training room, nutrition, training staff, treatment of families, and travel. Treatment of families being probably our favorite category. I would have added. And I wonder if they thought about it and like, oh, not worth it because half the coaches pull the pull the trigger on whether you get a contract or not. But I would add a coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think this thing is probably owner. Like, I want to know about everybody's interactions with their owners. Yeah. Fan base. Fan base. R- local media reporters. <laughs> yeah. I, they didn't. They do not need to stop with the categories. Keep How about just favorite podcasts? Just every player. <laughs> they just list their favorite podcasts. That'd be good. A uh, report card yeah. for, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So uh, some of the headlines were that the Cardinals are the only team in the league that charge you if you eat at the team facility but then want it to go box. They don't charge you right there. They take it out of your paycheck. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, and the Bengals, uh, one of the complaints was they have nowhere for moms to nurse babies or to stay warm. That uh, uh, some moms have been known to sit on the floor of the public restroom. Um, I would say embarrassment for the Cardinals if you wanted to yeah. go box. Like, you'd want your players. Like, what is Joe Burrow's like? I'm just not going to eat tonight <laughs> instead of, like, taking the chicken home. I'll defend the Bengals on this. I went to that stadium when I worked in the NFL as, like, a advanced scout. Very, very old at the time, and that was probably 2011. It, it's just an old stadium. So old stadiums, like, in the 80s and the 70s, like when Boomer Esiason and Collinsworth were rolling through, I just don't think you were probably cognitively thinking and is focused on like, where's uh Collinsworth's wife going to breastfeed jock. You know, I don't, I don't even think they care about or Jack. <laughs> uh, John, bad news for the Niners. They ranked 29th in hot in hot tub space or 26th. Sorry. 54% of players feel like they had enough hot tub space. So that means uh, 46% of the Niners players don't have enough hot tub space. I would say they have They're a twenty sixth in cold tub space. So they were a C plus on training room. Well, think of where they their training rooms in that little, you know, the the office. It's just kind of old. Bill Walsh was working out of there. Like, do you know who I bet has a lot of, you know, shower slash hot tub, cold tub space? Would be like Jerry Jones and Mark Davis. Why they got new facilities? Yeah. Do you think there's like an an SEC or Big Ten team that? redid their stuff in the last 10 years that would get non-A pluses. If you do new, you just add those things. Like, what else do you need? You know, it's a great point. I bet now you, you there isn't a player that comes through major college football that goes to the NFL that hasn't been – they didn't come up in the era of incredible facilities, right? And you've been in college facilities and NFL facilities. Generally speaking, the college locker rooms have to be better, right? Because they're well, recruiting here's a good, tools. Well, here's a good example. Obviously, Nick Bosa comes from Ohio State. Let's just go Debo, South Carolina. You would say on the pecking order of SEC, it's toward the bottom. There is no doubt in my mind that he he had nicer training facilities at the University of South Carolina than he does with the San Francisco 49ers. And honestly, if you told me it's not even that close, I'd believe you. Yeah. Just based on size, because you just... If you're going to rebuild it, which all these teams aren't... You at the University of Oregon right now? How incredible is all their shit? It's outrageous. <laughs> and your so, roster is 90, is always 90 people in college, right? Your roster is huge. Doesn't the football building, they were building it when I went through. 
they have their own building. Like they used to be in the building. athletic yeah. department. The Death Star. Field. So it's just football in this thing. Yeah, right by it's right by the stadium. It's all just black glass. Um, it's incredible. Training room, food Beautiful. room, coaches' oh, office, meeting is, rooms. It, the John, the meeting room, like the is the weight room in there. The weight room is connected to the building. It lo- overlooks the practice facility. So yes, it's all right there. And um, you know, it's got like uh, uh, like edgeless ponds. You know, like when you walk, you remember, I don't know if you saw any of that, but it's. It's like water. It's got like ponds throughout, like the outdoor space, and it's beautiful and sleek. The uh, the the team, uh, the big team meeting room, which is a stadium seating type situation, right? Is uh, the seats are all made of uh, I think it's Ferrari leather or Ferrari or Porsche, one of those. It's like I think it's Ferrari leather is what every seat is made out of. So what team what team meeting room is better? The one where the 49ers are, where we've been in many times for yes, that one. The Ducks. The Ducks, the they're like one thing the Niners could like, oh, the locker room has enough space, but we could use a little more hangout space or something. The Ducks like lounge area, it's multiple rooms, it's pool tables, it's ping pong, it's video games, but it's not just the stuff that's in there, it's the way it's decorated, right? So the rug, the rugs are like these big um like imagine uh, Donald Duck, it, but in like if he was in an action cartoon, right? So like a punch and a pow and all that kind of stuff. Like that's what the rugs are. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's beautiful. And that's just the NFL doesn't have that level of. We well, don't need to. Like, right. De- decor. Right. Just in terms of but, like warmth. But if I have I get it if I'm like Mark Davis and I, he didn't do it. But like if I'm, you know, the Raiders are investing or the Cowboys, I guess Mark did, I guess, probably give money toward that. And you're building it from scratch. I think the Chargers and Rams building something from scratch. If you have something and most of these teams have been owned now by the same family for a long period of time and it's working, right? It's very functional. What would be the point in just like starting over from scratch? Let's just redo it for $500 million. Right. Cause I'm not well, recruiting like the anyone. The chiefs built a new one, probably like a decade ago, maybe okay. 15 years ago. Did they get, did they get dinged? Oh, uh, they got dinged for their travel. Where's the, uh, People didn't like the Chiefs playing, I guess. Uh, I don't know where the Chiefs one is, but. I just think you're going to be somewhat limited with the amount of people on a football travel. Here we go. Planes are planes, right? If you don't own your own plane and just gut it out and create it for your team, the seats are kind of set up as the seats, right? I mean, a, if I'm just purchasing or I'm doing one of these share airlines, like ultimately it's originally owned by American Airlines, United, whatever, and then it gets in the rotation. Like it's just, it kind of is what it is. I, right. Unless you've got I, I it and put in lay down seats in it. I would say it's much easier to do in basketball given the amount of people to kind of totally. separate. In football, like I still have a lot of people on the travel party, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't give everybody a laydown seat. I would imagine. Uh, one thing was a, the uh, the what's football the most team. amount of uh, the first class seats you've ever seen in a plane? Six. Well, right? I flew on the war. I flew with the Warriors, and like those of us in the back, all had f- what were essentially first class seats. So it was two by two, right? We had huge seats, and then in front of that, they had big seats, and they also had you know like the the communal seating areas where there was like a table with two benches. So you could got you guys can hang out, play cards, whatever. But they all had their own. They, you know, there was not a non first class seat on that plane, and then there was additional seating. Would that fit a football team on that plane? No, 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 no. You need mo- do, do, I mean, you need multiple planes. Yeah. Um, is that? I don't know if you is that the Warriors plane? 
You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. <clears throat> but I remember seeing. But I think it like probably. I think it had to. Be, I mean, it, my guess, if it's not their plane, it has to be a plane they regularly use because it's pretty. You know, you couldn't. You wouldn't want to go from that plane to some of the to a regular plane. It feels like the basketball setup was just kind of grandfathered in because it worked back like when we were kids watching like pictures of the Bulls, you know, like Sports Illustrated, Michael playing cards and that. Like it's just kind of the four seats aiming at it's each easy. other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just basketball's easy. Basketball's easy. Basketball's easy. Um for the men, the you know, the aces want to get their private planes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The uh which Mark, you know, we'll see if Mark I don't know. We need the report card on Mark. On the Aces. Although I think the Aces did get a private plane, right? Was that the deal? Uh, we're Mark- going to have to wait for that WNBA PA survey to come out. Oh, okay. You know, I'll, be, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, one thing, the commanders are one of six teams that make their young players bunk up on road trips, stay in the same room. They got they got uh, an F-minus for their training room. I didn't even know an F-minus. Has an F-minus ever been given by a teacher? You think making like a rookie – stay with another rookie or second year guy. Like you have to graduate to be a third year guy, quote unquote, a vet. Is that crazy? Less about saving money and more. You got to earn your keepers. Like this is the NFL. I think it's the NFL. You're my starting right guard. Like I can, I just get my own room so I can sleep. Like if I were an owner, easy for me to say, like I'd tell my coach, like, look, our best player might be a rookie. So I want, let's treat everybody. Like we're not hazing in this way. We're like, you earn your keep by working your, an ass off and earning playing time. Like that's how you earn your, isn't that good enough? Well, Ron also, be like, bro, on the 85 you... bears, the way we traveled this work. I know, but I want my guys happy and rested. Like that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want one of my good players who just happens to be a rookie hanging out with some other guy who's, I don't know, farts all night and he can't snores and he can't, these guys are big. Maybe some of them snore. Like I want you getting good sleep. Like what I'm all for earning your keep, but I, I don't think bunking up is the way we got to do it. I wonder if you get your own room if you're inactive <laughs> as a travel guy. Like, was Purdy, as an inactive player, was he bunking up with, like, Ty Davis Price throughout the year? Or do they also – because that, yeah. that'd be pretty high level. Because I know when I'm traveling, for the most part, 90% of my inactives w- before we even take off and make, like, the thing. If you're doing that, that's just a pretty high-level operation. And maybe yeah, that's is. just, like, status quo. That's just how everyone operates now. Yeah. What's I an mean- extra couple hotel rooms to an NFL team? Or am I putting Trey Lance in a room with Ty Davis Price? Unless they want to be together. Yeah. Because remember, part of, I remember, the, the remember the Steve Young book. He stayed with Brent Jones. Yeah. Or was I saw Harris, Harris Barton, Barton the other day? I saw Harris Barton at the Stanford game the other day. I think it might have been Harris Barton. It was one of the two. Uh, but part of it is he had just been doing it since he first got there, and he just felt comfortable. And I, I remember those, like. It, well, yeah. Right, well, less Steve, rooms. No, Steve needed Brent to keep him calm. Yeah, because he had a lot of anxiety in the anxiety. Room, right? So Brent would bring him the food. So it was Brent, I think, right? Oh yeah, you're right. It was it was Brent Jones. Steve, Steve got a lot of pregame anxiety and would not leave the room for like the meal. And Brent would bring him food back. I think. Do you think there's any starting quarterback in the NFL right now who shares a room? No. I would doubt it too. Uh, Mac Jones, you think Bill makes Mac share a room? I could see Bill doing some weird stuff. <laughs> like, can you imagine when um, uh, somebody from the 
like the, the Patriots front office comes into Bill's office, like Bill, we got to talk about these grades. This is embarrassing. <laughs> no wonder. Do, Tom do you think anyone? Obviously, all the teams looked at these grades. What percentage of head coach slash GM slash owner put any merit or care? Is it half of them? Or like, we need to look into this? Or because there's at least twenty five percent that don't give a shit. Yeah, probably a lot of owners. If you're winning, they don't even like whatever. This is why I pay you. Yeah, it's um, the family room one would be the most interesting because that's like our coaches or GMs hearing those complaints. Like a, a head coach, if your players think their tubs aren't big enough, they just as you walk by, they say, "Coach, we need a bigger tub." But like, if you're a player, when do you? What's your feel wife comfortable walking into your coach's office? Like, hey, coach. Uh, Look, man, I'm sorry to bug you, but, uh, you know, like, though I could see the coaches not ever hearing those complaints. Yeah, Megan, you know, she didn't have anywhere to go. She was breastfeeding, you know, uh, Debo Jr., and all of a sudden these three wasted ladies came in, and it was a debacle. She just – there's just no room for her, you know? Yeah, but if you're the player, like, babe, I can't go talk to the GM about that. This is the stuff that, like, you know, when, like, a – a second year GM gets asked, like, what's it what's the biggest difference? He's like, Yeah, you just get these questions that not in a million years you ever thought you'd get asked. That would be one of them. Like, hey man, my wife has nowhere to take off her shirt and put her nipple in my baby's mouth. You'd be like, I had never crossed my mind running yeah. an NFL team that this is yeah. a thing. You'd be like, Piola, you 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 did the the broken glass theory. You left a Snickers wrapper on the ground. You didn't think of this. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do think you are there's only so much you can do, right? Like you, it's this isn't well, your facility. Where you can do an add-on is kind of your facility, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, John Lynch spoke at the NFL uh, Combine because he's the Niners representative. <laughs> when, when's Kyle talk? Kyle uh, does not. Kyle does not speak. Um, the Texas Rangers team doctor and Brock Purdy are going to meet again soon, John, and uh, hopefully the news is is good. But that's that's what's up with Brock. I guess. I, I, it, it, did you get the impression it'd be next week, not this week? I get the impression it'd be next week uh, that Brock and the and the team, the team doc, is just gonna be there with the Rangers anyway. Is what he made it sound like. So yeah, two things really jumped out when John talked about that. One is like you know he called me personally, and he just wanted to let me know that. It's always worked out better if we just give it a little more time when it's swollen or it's tough or whatever. He's just, yeah. he, he contacted me personally and then he used the word prayer. I, I I don't see how this situation is is good. Now, it may, whenever the surgery happens, it may get reported like next week. He's able to do it Friday. Doctor went in. It was exactly like he envisioned. In three months, he should be able to start throwing. Everything's good. But right now, he I thought he did a pretty good job of not you know, acting stressed or whatever. It's not really a stressful environment, but I'd say it's fair to say that this is a very stressful situation for Kyle and John, not knowing Brock Purdy's situation that easily could turn into he is not available for the 2023 NFL football season. Like, that, that is on the table right now, right? Not well, available. We, they're still not absolutely sure which surgery he needs, right? They think it's the UCL. They think it's what that internal brace surgery but they're not 100% positive because they haven't gotten in the elbow yet. And I think even John Lynch kind of acknowledged, yeah, we're, you know, the timeline 
the timeline just keep, you know, you keep bumping back a timeline and, and they have to be, how could they not just have in their minds everything that's gone on with Jimmy? Now he did say, I don't know if you caught it. It was interesting that he said that he didn't consider the second surgery they tried to get a setback. Trey so, said that wasn't my words to Quincy Avery. Oh no no! I think John. I think Lynch said it too. No, I, you're right. I'm saying like because I had said setback and we had said oh, setback oh. the previous. Trey had used those words. Yeah, on the Quincy Avery podcast that well, I didn't me, listen to, but Grant Cohn uh, reiterated that he had used those words. To me, I, I, I'll buy it wasn't a setback if you tell me it did not delay his recovery at all. Right? How could it not be a setback when John said also? I mean, he used those words, but then he said, "Well, it's because the irritation." Well, so something was going on that had yeah. to be removed that wasn't normal. So right. it was. It was an abnormal procedure. A hundred percent. Now, if you tell me like your flight's supposed to take off at one o'clock and then at one o'clock you text me and you say, we haven't boarded yet. I'm like, that's a setback. But then the pilot makes up time after you board and you land on time. And I say, okay, I guess it wasn't a setback. Right. So that's my question is like, did it delay Trey's recovery or complicate his recovery at all? And in hindsight, we can say it's not a setback, but anytime you have to get a second surgery that moment in time. Now we just bring in all these other variables. So here we are with Brock. One of the variables of this off season was going to be, but they, they would rather have Brock than Trey starting OTAs and starting training camp as a quarterback. Right. I mean, right. both of them would be on the team, but one guy would run out with the sweet players and the other guy would rotate with the seconds. Yeah. And that's, that's that hierarchy is clear. If both are completely healthy, which is obviously not the case. Yes. I mean, Which John is the, Lynch had a very, the whole conversation. And, and uh, like, I think Lynch tried to take a very positive outlook on everything, right? You Like, you, he talked about Elijah Mitchell as if Elijah is always available, right? Oh, we're lucky we got Elijah. We're fortunate we got Elijah. It's like, bro, you played in four games. And even he had to acknowledge it's just this is, you know, to me, I, the other part of it is just, um, even if it's not worst case scenario, which is whatever the surgery is bad and he misses a lot of time he played half a season. Like you do just need him to get better. You wanted his arm to get stronger. And the quarterback is supposed to be the guy that's in charge of your players in the off season in an ideal situation. And at the moment you don't really have, now he did say he watches Trey practice from his window. He can watch Trey move. He doesn't see a limp from you know his office, but he, they, are, they, they, they know more information than we do about Brock, but they're as helpless as anybody else's with Brock's situation right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the only positive is that this surgery, probably because guys, I mean, obviously people have been getting Tommy John for a long time, but it does feel a little bit like the ACL in the sense of guys are throwing out of their ass in baseball. So it happens a ton. And it, it's, is it safe to say it's become much more routine of like, does it feel, if I say ACL injury or ACL surgery, you tear your ACL, you tear your, you get, you know, UCL, Tommy John or whatever, you feel very confident that both, especially when they're young players, can come back to full health now? Yeah. It didn't, definitely didn't feel that way with the Tommy John or the UCL. Probably within the last 10, 10 years, that's really changed. With the ACL, it's probably been 20 plus years that it feels you're pretty confident. Yeah, I feel like it used to be like I, when you hear stories of like pre us, you know, like you hear guys talk about like playing baseball in the 80s. It's it's like they would blow out their shoulder. They would talk about blowing out shoulders and like football players would talk about blowing out knees. It's just like I tore my knee, you know, very nonspecific. 
I think the only difference as I'm listening to you talk turns out it was like a meniscus. You know, I was like, yeah, I know. Just, 1978 a, is my last year for the Packers. A four week injury. <laughs> um, the only difference I would say listening to you talk about it is like, and maybe this is not true, but this is just my perception is that when you have a pitcher that throws 100 miles an hour, <laughs> you almost assume a Tommy John is coming at some point, you know, and maybe that, that will happen less as guys really dial in their mechanics, like with some of the biometric stuff. Whereas an ACL still feels a little more of a freak injury. I don't know, but maybe not. Maybe you just, everybody gets an ACL and you don't think twice about it until you get a second. And then it's, that's free. You know, it's, it's the same with baseball, but. As a, as a seam head here that went to uh, four innings of a spring training game, uh, <laughs> was 45 minutes late and they were already in the fifth because of the Amazing. time clock. Th- these guys, I mean, they're random guys throwing high nineties. Like every yeah. guy coming in. And yeah. clearly, I mean, you don't know these names. Like you're watching, I'm watching the Reds play the Dodgers. Half these guys, I'm sure, head right to the minors, but every guy is clipping. I would say it was abnormal to not see 97 immediately. And then well, clearly you, they're throwing and they're throwing these other it's hard. I mean, I, I can't see, you know, understand like the difference. You can tell a curveball, but like sliders, some other cutter, off-speed stuff yeah, the that's cutter. moving. They have stuff just, I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but it feels balls are flying all over the place. Now, it's spring training, balls flying over catchers' heads and stuff. It was a crazy thing to watch some of these pitchers that don't really know where it's going. One guy went to bunt, got hit in the chest, (laughs) went down, out of the game, got fucking blasted. Yeah, that's brutal in the minors because they, I mean, in spring training, they tell you the bunt, so you're like, I got to show them what I got. But you know the other guy. I've heard guys say that, and maybe we talked to Hunter Bishop about this a while ago, but that like hitting in double A is harder than hitting in triple A because in double A, everybody throws just as hard as they do in triple A, except they don't know how to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so the ball is just unpredictable. Counts don't matter. You know? Yeah, they don't pit like in, in the in triple A, they pitch you like in the big leagues where you curveball count, fastball count, you know, whatever. Double A guys are just fucking throwing. This guy went um, to bunt and within a second he's laying <laughs> on the ground. And then and then in the chest it hit him? Yeah, it looked like he went like this and he you know obviously couldn't get out of the way. It just, you know, it, it, and then, you know, five minutes later, he's arms around like the, one of the trainers and other players out helping him go. He, oh. it, it looked painful. Oh. I think it deflected off the bat, you know, but it was. Mm-hmm. So but, the, uh, you know, the clock was jo- working? The clock was working. But John said, obviously, his, his parents are from, you know, in Arizona. So he's down yeah. here. I do feel more confident that, like, these guys that are working, the, these elbow surgeons with baseball just kind of know what they're doing now. They just yeah. get a lot more reps at it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, you know, I, they probably get less at this type where it's basically blunt force trauma snap than it is a, you know, a tear over time, but. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping, butcherbox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Did you see, a little off topic, but I was just thinking, uh, it went viral within the last couple days. Rand Carthen, they asked him about like uh, how he's going to marry analytics and scouting. And he's like, I, he told a story about, remember Quessy? Was Quessy already gone? Whoever Quessy's number two was, like their number one analytical guy, had came to him, you know, like a month before the draft. And it had been like, man, I, I did this study, and the best zone runner in the draft is Elijah Mitchell. But this guy's a numbers geek. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't just, like, I don't watch film. I, I can't just tell Kyle this, you know. But I think we, this guy, fuck, we should be all over him. But I can't, like, walk into Kyle's office and just present him this. Can you watch this? Let me know what we think. Then we can make a case, you know. And he's like, Rand's like, I watched him. He's like, God, this he's sweet makes a lot of sense in this offense then we present it to Kyle and then it just kind of works but it just was just an impressive little story about Rand. I I didn't hear that that is impressive because I saw you know John Lynch said his greatest skill is that he's like a good people person um Elijah Mitchell's or John Lynch's John Lynch said it about Rand Carthon oh yeah oh yeah, yeah um but what's funny about that to me about Elijah is when we, when you and I just watched Elijah Mitchell for the first time, because it wasn't like he was a guy that I, you know, I watched it on Saturday. It was like, you know, I mid, didn't know I didn't Billy? watch their team. Yeah, um, no, not mid major Billy. What do they call? Well, no, he was co- he coached them. No, I know, but I what do they call Billy Napier? Is it mid major Billy? I don't know. I I can never get it Small right. School you Billy, always. something like that. I could never remember either. But um, but was chopping crazy. block year two. Yeah, when you watched when we watched Elijah Mitchell right away, it was like. Okay, this guy looks like a Kyle Shanahan runner because of how hard he runs and how hard he hits that first hole. I don't know what his 40 time is, but I know he gets from handoff to four yards past line of scrimmage the way Kyle Shanahan likes his running backs to do it. 
So it's interesting that the visual of like, you know, matched up with what the analytics said and obviously matched up with clearly the analytic. It was one of those where the analytic matched, you know, the 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 scouting probably. Uh, I, I think that's how you get a lot of successful everyone on the same page around like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. It's like, hey, we think this guy can be excellent at this. The numbers show it. Watch it on tape. It works. We should be all over this guy because it's a plug and play flip. Like, if I'm the Niners and someone scores high on that test that Barrows wrote the article about, the touching the lights, and I can get a guy in like the sixth round, like, I wouldn't be opposed to drafting another quarterback. Like, because you wouldn't, if I told you, like, would you, would you try to draft another George Kittle or Debo Samuel in the fifth round? You wouldn't hesitate. Yeah. Why would you think any differently at quarterback? Right. It doesn't cost you any money, especially if you right. have, I don't have the number of picks, but obviously they got several threes. So you're going to use they got three, four of those three, threes. Three fives, um, three threes, three fives, a six, and three sevens. Like, if I told you that they drafted a quarterback in the fifth round, is that crazy? Like, what? Because you could easily cut that player if he sucks. Like, why? If you like, because they would like him, right? If he's willing to draft him, why? Why not? Yeah, especially if if there's something you found with Brock that you think would work again. Like, you know, if he measures in a way, like you mentioned that. Are you t- are you talking about the uh, the mental test? the light the light test? Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, you need another like John. You need more arms. That's the other thing with this team. You need another quarterback. So you might need two more quarterbacks, and they have to be cheap, right? So are they going to well, That's sign? why when he was asked about Tom Brady, even if Tom had not retired and was like, God, ever, they're talking to Tom Brady, even if he gave him a discount, what would a discount for a one-year, $25 million? <laughs> yeah, that would be a discount. Now, would they that would be a large amount of money to, to allocate to one human being. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, you would do it at this point given the state, state of your quarterback situation. No, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, are they going to have a player that they're going to sign this offseason that's going to make $25 million, even close to that? Probably not. Really. No, because they've got their own players that are going to be 25 I mean, Eric Armstead's almost a $25 million player. Nick Post is going to be one soon. What is uh, Brandon Ayuk going to cost them? Yeah. They're going to need a right tackle. Maybe they think they have one internally, but, I mean, that's one of the stories of the combine. It's been going, like, Michael Ginchy's going to be, even if they wanted him back, he's going to be too expensive. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, you you interpret it. You're saying you interpreted what John Lynch said. Does, does McGlinchey have like day one free agency? Mike McGlinchey is signed with the Minnesota Vikings for four. The number you're like, he just signed for ninety eight million dollars. It's actually you know thirty one guaranteed. But is the is the original Schefter rap sheet tweak? Everyone's just jogging to hit the floor with the number. I I think no. I think everybody's talking like that's what's going to happen. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, that's you, you. All the stories have been like McGlinchey's about the you people don't understand. He's going to be valued around the league. It's going to be a well, big if, number. If, what's it? Is, is he going to sign a one year deal or is he going to sign a four year contract or three year contract? Four year contract, right? three or four year contract. So if he signs, let's just say four years, how is the fake number not close to like 60? Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> Again, the you're fake right. number is going to look would, bad. If you were him, you wouldn't sign a one year deal, right? No, no, but that's that's my point. So the number is going to look very, very inflated when it gets tweeted yeah. out. Um, I, I think he, of all players in free agency, could have a number when Rapsheet tweets it out that is just, holy shit, have we jumped the shark here in free agency? Al Shanahan's like, I try to tell you guys. John Lynch, try to tell Another you guys. Another comp pick for us. That'd be a plus. 
you interpreted what John Lynch said as you're saying, yeah, maybe draft a fifth round quarterback if there is one, but not in place of signing a veteran quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it just feels like the guys that have played, guys who have started games, pretty clear the type of guys they like, high character, low maintenance. But I, Nate Sudfeld ain't cutting it. You know, I, I think you need a guy with a that started a ton of games. You know, I mean, I, I've been saying this name for a while. I just think Andy Dalton. Because, again, I think could you get him for like $2 million? Because I think ideally they want to have their cake and eat it too. Like they want a guy that like, hey, if he had to start for a month with our talent, we'd go three and one, at worst two and two. But we don't want to pay $10 million, right? Yeah. I guess my question with him would be he made three last year. And what I think was prob- he on? the Saints. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and probably, I mean, I think you'd have to argue he increased his value. 18 touchdowns, nine picks. I think his value is kind of in that, you know, the two to four, four or five range, depending on, like, you know, the dominoes. Because some teams that would like him, right? I think there are a lot of teams, let's just use the teams with sweet quarterbacks. Like, they've just had Chad Henney. They just would like Clearly, probably a high-level guy, just as a backup, because they, at any moment, they might need to win a game, and that that would be their game plan. But could they sell him like, "Hey, come here, two million dollars"? Hell, you might get to like pack could go down. You could start a month, and fucking things could go sweet for you. Yeah. Or does he more likely to like go to a shittier team where he might play and get like seven? You know, then there's the Mike Whites and the Heineke's. You know, Wentz, can I get Wentz? Wentz, probably the more I thought about it, maybe a little too much drama surrounding him. Yeah. I wouldn't want Wentz in the locker room, but you make the point. I mean, he's beat you twice. I wouldn't want him around Trey Lance and and, um, Brock Purdy. I think value that Dalton has that a lot of guys like, like Jimmy does not, I guess Jimmy kind of had this, but it only lasted a game. Like Dalton's done it all. Been the starter, prepared a starter, one game a starter. Been a starter because a guy got injured, came in, then just been strictly the backup. Like he's just done all the roles, clearly a high character guy. I think you need guys that kind of check the box, has been the starter, knows how to do that, has then been the backup, you know? And that's where I, I think I don't know internally what they would think of Heineke. I think Heineke would fall under pretty intriguing, right? Depending on how much he costs. Like has been a starter, has been a backup, clearly very well liked, tough. Yeah. I think where where Heineke gets a little bit in a gray area that Dalton fits in is being a backup quarterback is one thing. Being a backup quarterback for a young quarterback is something else because you might be you might actually know more or be better than the young quarterback, but the team has determined that developing that guy is more important than playing you. And so you're kind of in an awkward spot where you might be in a meeting room where you know the answers that the starter doesn't. You might be looking at the defense and you know what to do when the starter doesn't. And that takes a certain level, I think, of humility. And I'm, I, you know, Taylor Heineke seems humble, whatever. But he might, he might think like, no, I'm at a point in my career where I need to, I need to go play right now and prove that I'm a starter. Andy Dalton clearly wanted to prove some stuff. I think he said that, but he might be a little easier to have. All right, Andy, I know you're better than Brock. Like right now, today, you might be able to throw more touchdowns against it. Maybe he's not better, but you know what I'm saying. Like he might be a little more malleable, malleable to all of that. 16 and four, Purdy? I, I, yeah, I think Purdy. Right. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I, I think there's I, a I, difference between you're the backup because you lost the job and you're the backup because that is what you're here to be. Well, I, I bet if you ask like Andy and Veach, like, what's a void you have this offseason? They'd be like, 
Chad Honey, Chad Henney is a void, not just be not from a you know a playing standpoint of being able to throw and run the offense, but just like it, we can't quantify really what he brings to the table, right? He helps our coaching staff. He helps communicate with Patrick Mahomes, high level guy from a work ethic standpoint, perfect fit in the room. That is not just a plug and play thing. We we yeah. we really valued what we had with him for five or six years. We know that it's going to be hard. It, it's going to be difficult to just like get the get the same plug and play like high level guy works if we got to win with them, but having them every day cool with being the backup, not making that much money relative to quarterbacks. It, it's a difficult spot because Matt Ryan, let's just say he gets cut as we're talking. I think he'd bring a lot of value, right? Can bring a lot to the table for Brock and Trey of just having him over for dinner, being a pro, talking football, talking schemes, talking life, talking being a pro, all the unquantifiable stuff. I would say Matt Ryan's probably like close to a 10. Would be like a Chad Haney on steroids, given his accomplishments. But from a playing standpoint, like what if I just tell you like Matt Ryan's playing, if he once in his peak, his best football, like if Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, are like 10s, his peak for a couple of years was like an eight, but now he's like a two. Like, is he is he good enough as a football player? That's the hard balance of like you're saying you have to prepare they have to prepare for him to actually have to play. Yeah, like it, just because your team's loaded, like he might be shitty enough that like it's not even you'd still be in trouble with him playing. Right. And that's the balance of like like ultimately, like I get Josh Allen likes Matt Barkley a lot. Like clearly they're buddies. But is Matt Barkley any good? And if you had to play, if Josh Allen had a high ankle sprain and all of December, when you're not a lock to make the playoffs, you had to win three of your last five games. Could you do that with Matt Barkley? Like, those are the conversations I have to have if I'm a GM. Because ideally, if our guy goes out for the season, more than likely, if we're not fucking the, the 49ers last year, we're screwed, right? That right. was always like, who's Peyton Manning's backup? And Bill Polian's like, Peyton Manning goes down, we're all in trouble. And he's right, because there's no repl- or Tom Brady. You can get lightning in a bottle like with Matt Castle and stuff. But like, can Matt Castle, the thing with Matt Castle, not – can he play a season, but can he play a month? Can he play two games? Because that's the best case scenario of if your quarterback's out for the season, usually that's just a, a football nuclear bomb went off if your quarterback's good, right? You're fucked. Yeah. 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 Like and Andy Dalton, have made a- remember when Dak shattered his ankle, I think Andy was his backup. It was like, if Dak had rolled his ankle and missed a couple weeks, no big deal. But then when you had to start the entire season, it's like, oh, it's not the, that's a problem. That's what made Purdy kind of unique. It's like, well, maybe you can just win a couple games. And I was kind like, of unique. Maybe this guy one of the most unique players we've ever seen. <laughs> one of the most unique seasons we've ever seen. I yeah. ultimately, my point on this is it is a very complicated situation. There's not like a right or wrong answer, and you don't truly know it until like you really get in the season. Because more than likely, I can tell you they signed Heineke, they signed Dalton, they signed. Mullins, whoever, Mike White, any of these names, Mullins in the offseason, it can be completely fine. Like, yeah, we love this guy around. It's all good. None of that really matters. Right. Because all these guys that we're talking about are pretty high level guys. I I think you got to sign the best player that you you can't sign Nick Mullins, actually, can you? That you like. No, uh, no, he's he's not good enough, but I don't think. But I I don't know that Mike White is either. But I think, again, I I, I think it's (laughs) I think it's as simple as you sign the best player that you can afford that you think is a good, you know, I mean, like is Wentz the best player that you can afford? If he is, you might go down to the next guy, but they may not, they might go like, guys, we might need him to start half the season. So we need to sign the best player that we can afford. That's what we got to do with this position. 
it was weird because they were like famous names, even though most of them weren't good. I will say this about Gruden and Mayock, that era. Weren't they always trying to like, can we catch lightning in a bottle with like, was it Mariota, Peterman? Like they kind of tried that, you know? I don't know that Peterman was quite lightning in a bottle. He was when I say that they were just they, they were just saying like we love this guy coming out they we actually him, think yeah. he's good Mariota yeah. was much more established but I that mindset of like getting a guy with some upside that was cheap that's played that's a high character guy to, that knows when he's acquired he's going to be the backup but you know Mariota for a while was the, kind of the in theory was the best version of that it's hard I mean is Mariota is a bizarre player odd player beat the Niners. Um, but then like abandoned the team, it seemed like, but hard to know because always kind of heard he's a good guy, has been a backup. Um, I I feel like if I pulled up last year's game log, he actually wasn't that accurate against the Niners that day. I just don't think he's a very accurate quarterback. Oh, <laughs> correction. He was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the history of the league that day. He was 13 of 14. <laughs> But he's not. He's a 61% passer last year. So People forget just because, I mean, part of the business these guys are in is to make statements. And listen, I like a lot of the guys. There was a lot of Steve Young comparison. And I, I Mar- Marcus Mariota, by all accounts, met him one time when I went to an OTA practice in Tennessee. Introduced myself because Joe Bernardi, a uh, buddy of ours who's now coaching actually for Ole Miss, had been with Oregon. So I just – people fucking love that guy. I think that kind of overvalued his play <laughs> almost because you'd always said like at Oregon, some of these people kind of helicoptered in and out with them. Like this guy's going to be Steve young. It's like he, he overthrew guys in college that were open and clearly, yeah. and he just, I would say touch is not really something he has and he doesn't have a huge arm. So he's not like some explosive player, but he's, he's actually bigger than you think when you meet him. He's, you know, he's like six, four and, He's so likable. And he's clearly smart. You like want it to work. Yeah. But it just donated a lot of money to Oregon. They got the, the facility we're talking about. Got a whole room dedicated to him. I mean, you spent a lot of time around that. Have you ever heard anything even remotely negative about the guy? No. I think he's like beloved by people that know him. Yeah. The only thing he doesn't like when he comes back to Oregon, he doesn't make it about him, which means he doesn't do like, hey, I'm, you know, let's, they, they can't say to him like, hey, Marcus, we, we set up all this stuff for you to, you know, to parade to you fans. around. He doesn't, yeah. but I haven't fans just media. He just, which is fine. Like, but if you're calling a spring game, like would he even come up to the booth and BS no. or that? No, uh, wouldn't even do a sideline interview. I think just because he doesn't want to make it about himself. Or he's probably not. He's a little, I just introverted. don't think that's who he, I don't think he like, he doesn't, he, yeah, it's just not him. I don't think well, you could because ar- he's being rude. I, I well, and you, you could argue this, right? Like, He's got a little introverted nature. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, maybe. I, ideally, with my backup quarterback, like I, I kind of want him to have this weird balance of being like the beta because he's the backup, but also have these alpha, like just being in there. Again, I think Chad, whatever Chad Henney had going on, it was kind of working. Yeah, I think you want a guy that was, was an alpha and knows he's not the alpha anymore. I mean, Matt Ryan, I, I just don't think Matt Ryan's any good. That's my issue. Yeah. He checks all the boxes. You want, of, you want like you, maybe you're right. You want kind of this. If you were doing a movie, if you're if you're if you are um, casting a movie, you want like uh, the sidekick party guy, right? Who like keeps the room loose. You know, that's yeah, always, I, that's always the Chase Daniel vibe. I can't. You know, just, well when you, I, he sets I, I up the it, games. Exactly. Two, I watched two he episodes. He gets the beer. 
of the Arizona Hard Knocks in season, Colt clearly brings that to the table, right? But, Colt, moment, but see, I think Colt's out. Like Colt wants to be the starting quarterback. Colt thinks he should be. He he that his career has never hasn't quite played out the way it should. True, but when he's the backup before Kyler, he could handle it no problem. He's a great man. He is a. I think he's a wonderful mix. Like he's the ideal. I think. He's he gets seriously hurt. He did get hurt last year. Remember, because they ended up on McSorley. And then he got hurt, I think. But I just, I like, to me, Colt would be like some version of Colt McCoy would be a great, great backup quarterback. Remember last year, what was Colt? Like $1.2 million? I think ideally. I when they signed him, it was crazy cheap. I was like, the Niners needed to sign this guy. You agree the Niners, I in a perfect world, they get exactly what they want for under $2 million. <laughs> like, they do not want to spend a lot on this. Yeah, they have an $11 million quarterback room. This is, I mean, it's not. That's sexy, though he's become relatively a big name just because he's had so much success since he's been on the team. Like the kicker situation, are they just going to let Robbie walk? Because I would imagine he's going to get some offers. Are you just going to bring him back for $5 million? Are you going to draft a kicker? We're looking at kickers. Yeah. I've been a part of drafting a kicker when David Akers went to the 49ers and we drafted this dude from Nebraska who immediately could not make a field goal. So, do you remember his name? I want to say Derek Henry, but it's something Henry. Yeah, Peyton. Peyton, maybe? Was no, it or was he good? I, I just remember him walking. You meet him. I mean, nothing alpha manly about the guy. And then he starts kicking and everything's missing. And David Akers went on to have like the best year of his career with Harbaugh. And Niners like, do great with like old guy, old kickers who've been through the wars, right? Cold weather guys. They need a cold weather guy. Are the 49ers more likely to overpay Robbie Gold on a one-year deal or draft a guy in the fifth round? When you think about their head coach and what he wants to think about. Well, yeah, overpay Robbie Gold in one year, which is what I would recommend they do. Give like Robbie Gold like six and a half million dollars, whatever. Like I like they one thing's established with them in the history of this the recent history of this franchise. You need a experienced cold weather kicker. So you can find that guy in the draft, great. But when you drafted a punter, you got a good pl- like Wisniewski's a good punter. He's fine, but the if what he's been as a punter is their kicker, that's a downgrade from Robbie Gold. Robbie's in his who does the kickoffs, by the way, Robbie Gold. Been in all the playoff games under Kyle Shanahan has yet to miss a kick in any of those games. It's incredible. You agree the Wisnowski equivalent is a downgrade from Robbie Gold, which Robbie's a very I talked some shit about Wisnowski. I think you did too. People hit us, and then I heard someone, it was like, you know, this was during the season when he was doing that weird thing. One thing you notice on the telecast, I'm not breaking down all the inside the twenties. I do think he led the league. In pins. Okay. And he gave up on the weird boomerang kick thing, it seemed like, too. <laughs> that was only, yeah, one game thing. Another experiment. I, I, I do think what they tell you is his, I think he led the league in the pin category, you know, inside the 18 or whatever. So if you can promise me that it doesn't I get look, better, it does not look like what elite punters look like. He's, I know he that. is clearly a good punter, but I think Robbie's been an elite kicker. And for a team that, does not score touchdowns in the red zone. The kickers are very started to do, but their quarterback kinda, might and then, have yeah, Tommy John. Kinda. So the kicker's a big deal for the 49ers. Yeah, I I, I would expect him back at a number like damn, they just gave him six point six million dollars. He's making more than any of he's making more than the quarterback they just signed. Tabor Pepper he, back, John. Um long snapper. <laughs> Vic Kyle Kafer. does not. You get special you play teams. you play special teams, kicker, punter, no. or snapper for Kyle Shanahan, and you just prove 
I can be the starter when we're winning games. He's like, you just keep paying this guy. Yeah. Just keep him on the team. Kyle's like uh, a very wealthy person who has a Mercedes that's very expensive to repair, and just they just want they 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 drop it off at the shop. The guy says it's going to be seven thousand dollars, and you're like, whatever, just just take care of it. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Kyle's they love seeing that guy come through the door with the car. Like, oh, we're going to tell him this thing's going to be so expensive. If I had a special teams free agent, I would try to get him in front of Kyle Shanahan. Oh, he's good. Great. Uh, Vic Tafer says the Raiders don't want Aaron Rodgers because of the picks it would cost. They better love one of the. They got the seventh pick. If they love a quarterback they can get, then great. But if not, fellas, pay the cost and get Aaron Rodgers. Well, to me, if Aaron Rodgers, like I hate him. I think if I'm Aaron Rodgers, where I let it be known that I want to, if if I'm interested in going to the Raiders, because obviously Aaron, whoever Aaron Rodgers gets traded to. It's going to be a little NBA-ish who he's going to want to go there. Like yeah. Kevin Durant went to the Suns. Well, because he's like, I'm only going to the Suns. Right. And it does already feel like he's kind Aaron of looking between it. the Jets. What did he say? He said, well he, well, he doesn't have a no trade, but he said the Packers are going to – they won't trade him somewhere he doesn't want to go. And it's very complicated to trade him given the money and given how he goes on darkness retreats and doesn't acknowledge whether he's going to keep playing football. That I would go right to Mark Davis if I'm Aaron and his agent, Right. I wouldn't even honestly mess that much. It's weird because ultimately you have to deal with Josh. But like, if you wanted to go to the Raiders and the Raiders were like, ah, kind of on the fence, like they were with Tom Brady, mm-hmm. I would go directly to Mark. Cause I, I do think if you're Mark Davis in Vegas, which is not going well, right. <laughs> relative right. to the hoopla, especially just relative. Listen, I guess the WNBA and fucking the NHL, which perils, you know, pales in comparison to the importance and the people, the eyeballs of the NFL. But like, I sure see like whenever I get viral clips on Instagram or Twitter about the aces, or I mean the, not the aces, the, the Knights. Nice. if you win in Vegas, like that fucking be pretty sweet. And adding Aaron Rodgers would be, I'd say a pretty big deal for Mark Davis in his, in his business. If you want to stake, would your, you trade pick seven for, if he's like, I want to come yes. there. One, I, I think I would do. Yes. The only reason like uh, Dave Ziegler and like you, Josh, if you guys are telling me, we we can get Levis, and this guy is a he is a he is an all pro. We have the franchise quarterback. I'd say okay, you're staking your career. Like you get fired if this fails, but okay. Um, but anything short of that, like if you don't love any of these quarterbacks, you're like, no, Mark, we're gonna do this the right way. At seven, we're taking a defensive tackle. I'm like, no, 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 no. We are trading that pick for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I just, I, I I would do it if he wants to come. Now, obviously, Aaron can't, you know, I'd say one thing is pretty clear, a lot like Favre. Aaron hypes up retirement a little stronger than him actually retiring. Yeah. You know, is Aaron more inclined to play three more years or quit yes. after this one year? I, you know? I think he's more inclined to play three more years than retire right now. So the seventh overall pick, if I can just say, I know for sure, Health permitting, I get Aaron Rodgers for three more years. I, that's the easiest move I've ever made. I think a business if, and a football if, standpoint. You're getting Aaron Rodgers at 39. What if he just gives you fringe MVP years for a couple of years? That means you're probably at worst a seven, six seed. I right think in the mix, if you're right? Mark Davis, you just start dreaming like, could we win the Super Bowl? We host the Super Bowl this year. You know, you start thinking like that, get a little emotional. They host the Super Bowl this year. Could we play in the Super Bowl at home? I, you, you know, you're thinking. you're running before we crawl. I mean, if I'm, can we win ten games? I but but this is to me the emotion of this is how you get sold something expensive is 
you think about what the best could be, you know? That's why you buy a $250,000 sports car. It's like, think of all the women I'm going to get. You get no more women. But think, think about the, this. That's what the sales guy wants you to believe. If they were to get pick seven for Aaron Rodgers, they would go back-to-back years getting the Raiders first-round first picks time. for Devontae and Aaron. And they had to cut their starting quarterback, who easily would have netted not that much, but like two twos. I don't know, two and a three. <laughs> I, I, well, I would add to it this. I don't think it's underrated. Like, it's getting talked about a little bit. But if they, if Jordan, it's one thing to like strike gold once from Favre to Rodgers. I mean, I guess they struck twice, right? They got Favre. But if the plan that everyone hated, that not a lot of people would have had the balls to execute, works, and then after that person is gone, you just take his blueprint and execute. Ted Thompson's gone. You just take his blueprint and execute the same plan, and it works again. It'd be hard to argue you should ever do it any other way. If they got, it if would they be got a, the seven, if they got the seven seed, would they both get extensions immediately? The coach, yes. The I, I mean, if Jordan Love is their quarterback for the next fifteen years or whatever, you know, if he's a franchise quarterback. It's one of these stories right now that it's not one of the biggest stories in the what league. What if he's like, just like what? Dak, you know? Well, exactly, but that's a franchise quarterback. That's what I'm saying. They, yeah, they don't even Dak. need Rodgers If Favre. you told me Jordan Love is Dak. Because he's not going to be Rodgers or Favre, right? I don't know. I, I think it's fair to say Favre. that. I don't think so. No, but. I know. But it turns out Rodgers was better than Favre. And Favre's like a top 10 quarterback. That's true. What if they he keep getting better? Like, what if, if 40 years from now the Packers just. Well, eventually you go from like Gehrig. To, to Ruth Garrick, to Mantle, to somebody, you know, Barra, like you don't just and go, then, yeah, yeah, the it skips Yankees. a couple. Then, you know, then you get Bernie and Judge, you know, it takes yeah, you don't yeah. just go like Judge to then Mike Trout, like eventually. But if you just go to but what you just described was the Yankees from the 20s to like the early 60s. Why no? The, the Packers have been doing this since 92, it's 2022, it's 30 years. <laughs> yeah, so they got, yeah, so they get one more good quarterback in them. If he's Dak, it'll be the most incredible thing we've ever seen, I would say. It's I think it's a little underrated right now because just like I, I all I know is when I saw him play last year, four snaps against whoever that was, the Bucks or somebody, he looked he looked fucking good, man. He I've bumped good. do you know where they're in a good position? I've bumped in, I play in golf at a restaurant kind of bar before dinner, bullshitted with a guy. Multiple Packer fans, you know, sometimes when you get a little older, they can get grouchy. Mm-hmm. But they're also they they've seen it all like Everyone's totally cool. Like I'm just ready for Jordan Love. So the fan base yeah. is on your side. Like, hey man, yeah. we're, we're over it. We're tired of it. You missed the playoffs. We're cool with you pulling the trigger and going to this backup guy. We're we're ready for it. So then they're all cool with it. If it works, you're doing like cartwheels. The fans like this was fucking sweet. Tired that is of this a pain in the ass anyway. That is a weird little parallel with Favre. Is that like by the end both guys beloved, but also kind of became the malcontent. Not the bad guy necessarily. People still want to farm around, but God, I'll never forget that story. It's one of my historically like sports stories that I just remember. Will Bond talking about the what, what was the word they used? The chasm in the locker room with Packers Far- camp. I just remember Favre, Rogers, Packers camp stories like PTI every day. I, I just remember Peter. I remember Peter King, sports. Chris Moore. Chris Mortensen covered that thing like a nuclear weapon. Maybe it was more that said Chisholm. Chisholm was the word. Wasn't that the word? Yeah, just Chisholm in the locker room. I remember when when they did it and Ted Thompson gave like a press conference, but it was like outside. He did like a Q&A with the fans. Yeah, and he was just surrounded by, you know, the McGinn's of the world. But it was like 
it looked like one of those walkways between maybe like a facility and a lunchroom or something. Oh, okay. You're talking outside. about a real and media it, event. I was thinking. I'm talking like at, I think band. after they traded him. Okay. And uh, it was it was a weird time. We're, they're not going to have that weird time. I think if they trade him, as long as I only think they get tr- crushed if like they trade him for like a fourth round pick. Right. I wonder if what if they got two twos. You're like, listen, this weird guy. He wouldn't commit. Uh, it's like, yeah. He is, is kind enough? of in control. Ton of money. If if he says um, if he tells teams like I'm not I'm retiring if you trade for me if you you know basically like I'm going to retire if you trade for me and so the old Raiders is the only place they don't really have to trade the seventh pick then right? But the Packers no. can hold him hostage. Like, come on, guys, we just let's go. Let's well, let's like, do you think do you think if the 49ers called and we're like, hey, we'll give you a Debo and Dre Greenlaw and a third. I do think there's a player trade that the Packers would have to do if the Niners offered it to them. If they believe in Jordan Love. I don't know if that's the one, but. What if I told you this? Like, straight oh, up. So. Fred Warner, straight up for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I might do that. Would you do that if you're Kyle Shannon? Um, I might. I think if it was basketball. Fred's pretty, Fred's pretty yeah. good, and they just lost their defensive coordinator. And he's kind of like the heartbeat of your team. You yeah, know, it's like, a little. And Aaron comes in as a little crazy. You have to think about it, though. That's where if you are, you're like, I'll call Kyle Shanahan. I'll throw something to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys thought you it was Fred Warner, Brandon Ayuk, and two year, you know, a third in 2025. Just throw in as a little icing on the cake. You thought we wouldn't trade him to San Francisco. Well, we're going to get half their team. So watch this. Fred Warner, Brandon Ayuk. Like, is that an immediate no from the 49ers? I don't think it is. I think they would be. John Lynch wouldn't want to do that trade. I think Kyle would trade Debo before he traded Brandon Ayuk. I I think he loves Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Debo is just, all we need is one more year of Debo carrying the Niners and maybe it won't get. Now that they got McCaffrey, he's a little more expendable. During Super Bowl week, I think the Luan and Compton had on McCaffrey. Yeah. And I listened to the interview yesterday. He is. He's very serious. Yeah. Like, and just the way they've been wired from a young age of just, you know, his dad, the influence he had on him about early on from like at nine years old, stretching and no sodas and just the mindset of a guy in a more buttoned up because Christian's pretty, you know, I would say much more normal, but they're, it's got like Earl Woods, Tiger Woods. It's different in football. Like you have to have the talent. Like I can't like manufacture. He had to yeah. be good enough, but like it's it's pretty good. Like on his visits, you know, to the teams where they put weights in his shoes. Like when he went to the University of Oregon, so he was one eighty two, but when he weighed in, he was actually one ninety eight. You know, I mean, they were just that's crazy. They knew what they were doing. Did uh did they somebody tagged somebody sent me that link and said you got to listen to him talk about the training staffs did you get to that part of it i think it was like 40 minutes in the person said comparing uh, Niners and panthers training staffs but i didn't i haven't listened to it yet i was working out so it's like i'm not i thought he was really complimentary you know he's he's a positive guy so I, yeah i don't think he was negative on that i may listen I to remember it. correctly i'm gonna have to give that uh the pod i listened to the i listened to busting with the boys the other day the luan uh Got cut pod. It was good. You, yeah, he. Uh, I guess I saw on Twitter today before we hopped on that because he tweeted out the garbage bags. 
And then he responded like, guys, I wasn't trying to make fun of the Titans. I literally called like their security guy and said, I needed a couple things in my locker. Could you, I'm not able to get to the facility. I don't think he has a card anymore. Can you drop it off? And the guy dropped it off. Like I wanted them to do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are they going to put it in like Louis Vuitton bags? Like this wasn't meant to be a shot at them. Like this, they dropped off my shit. I'm grateful. They dropped off my shit. They put it in garbage bags, which is when you clean out your locker, you do put it in a box or a garbage bag. Right. In any sport. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what was the story. I don't remember, but they're, if it's not garbage in them, then they're not garbage bags. They're just bags. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> garbage bags are pretty. Garbage bags are bags. Well, like, have you ever? You've moved. And they, they're strong. They fit a lot. They fit a lot of things in there. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Garbage bags are bags. Boxes. You, boxes. You have to order them, put them together. You got to have the tape. You know. Yes. The bag. You just open the thing, shake it out. Just dump everything in. It's got that stretch technology and the tie at the top. You, you could get a couple big ones, put it over, get, walk to your car. The worst is when there's something pointy inside and it's not, you know, like. Oh, yeah. And it rips the bag. No, not rips the bag or like pokes your leg. They have ones uh, now that have like uh, scented. Oh, yeah. Love the scented. Got, yeah. The scented ones work pretty well. Absolutely. It's good for dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Another hey, thirty minute pause from Haberman and Middle Cove. You do laundry? Of course. Not an animal. I don't know if that was one of your tasks. <laughs> I've been known. If I need something. I love the uh this thing is wrinkled. I don't want to iron it. I'll put it in the dryer for 30 minutes. That's a, that's my yeah, that's that's a smart move though, right? Yeah. I want to tighten it up. Sometimes you want to tighten up the fabric a little bit. Yeah. Nothing worse than when the dryer's not getting the job done. You're like, I'm, I'm in trouble. I might just need to rewash. After this you thing. waited 30 minutes too, because you're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I, I, I got to get out of the house in 30 minutes. I'm gonna take the shower. 20 minutes. I'm do this. Do that. Do that. Grab it. I don't know what you do then. I had a couple things that were like connected, like two snakes fighting, and it was like, this is a disaster. I mean, this is, it's not gonna work. Uh, that's how it is at the laundromat where I go. My <laughs> Let everybody.